Podcast for June seventh, two thousand and sixteen. It's your boy Dave Chit Chit at Numb Bills fan on Twitter. We're talking Bills football and a little bit of Saints, a little bit of Saints, doing a little bit oh, of Rob. Oh, yeah. Who do we got on the line? Who's next to me? What the hell do you mean? Who's next to you? It's me, the man, the myth, the legend, Adam D. Find me on Twitter. That's Numb Bills Adam D. Um, and we're coming to you from NumbillsFan.com because. You know, that's where we are. That's what we do. Where are we talking about today? So there's been a lot of talk about Rex Ryan and his defense and bringing in Rob Ryan. You know, you have the negative Bills fans. You have us who are homers. And You're a homer. Speak I know, for yourself. Always, every day, daily, running into walls, homer. But pretty much my perspective, and I think you agree with me, bud, is that we have – you know what? This is Rex's excuse. Bring in your guys. Get your players. This is your year. Put your money where your mouth is, not your foot in your mouth. No pun intended. On the line with us, we have Matt Brunson, who is the guitar, uh, excuse me, the guitar player for Crowbar, and he is a diehard Saints fan. What's up, Matt? How you doing, bud? Hey, how's it going, brother? Good, man. So, essentially, reason Matt is on the podcast is. Crowbar played a, a phenomenal show in Rochester a few months back, and we were just loading gear, and we got shooting the shit about football. And this guy is just blowing my dumb, madden mind out of, like, into space. Grew up playing football, knows football in and out, and he was talking things with me. And Oh, so he's not like us. Yeah, he knows his shit. So... <laughs> Man, it was such a great conversation. I'm like, if there's any reason to have this guy on the podcast, I at least got to hit him up because we were rolling and my guitar player had to pull me away and be like, dude, like, can we go? Like, I think they're looking to go. Their shit's <laughs> loaded up. The trailer's locked. The, the van's on. Oh, if I had a nickel for every time I told you you had to shut the fuck up and get in the car. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, man, I actually locked keys in a trailer when we were on the road with our old van. And I was the straight edge oh, one at the time. You know what? Don't even bring that up in front of me. <laughs> well, good times, great oldies. But so what do you got going on, Matt? What is Crowbar up to? What are you what are you doing, man? You you're chilling, you're you're what's up? Well, right now, man, um, I'm actually at uh OCD recording, uh, just uh, stop by the studio for a little bit to check in on Kirk, see what's up with him. He's actually uh, recording vocals for our upcoming release. Um, it'll be out in uh, September on E1. And, uh, yeah, our, our rehearsal room is right next door to the recording studio. The guy that owns the studio owns the rehearsal room. So uh, I figured it'd be a good place to come come talk. You know, it's a nice soundproof room, man. There's no... Uh, no noise or nothing going on, but yeah, we're uh, we're wrapping up, uh, you know, production and everything on the uh, on the upcoming release. And uh, once that's done, uh, we're gonna hit the road in July into August. It's gonna be uh, Carcass Crowbar, 
uh, Ghoul and Night Demon. So we're going to be uh, heading heading across the country with those guys. And uh, after that, we're just going to keep uh, keep moving on and um, you know supporting this new record once it's out. And we're going to be touring on that bad boy for a while. So like I said, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll run into you guys again somewhere up there in New York. I hope so. It was a it was a pleasure. Um, I, it, it's it it, it was cool, a pleasure man. all the way around. I mean, I never wanted to run through a wall during a sound check. Like I was telling you earlier in pre pro, I was I I I've, I couldn't believe the sound check. You guys just it was incredible. And um, cool man. Thanks. Do you guys have this down systematically? Like pretty much, you guys have like a season of writing, and then you go into recording and then um you hit the road really hard then you take some time off or you guys just flow with it like whatever you feel well it's it's pretty cyclical like that in the sense of you know like i said it's uh as much as we love it and everything it still is like a it still is a, a job you know and it's still what we do for a living so you know uh you know there's certain things that you know the record company wants from you and things like that so um, it's not like they're, they push for anything, but you know, they want they want to keep current with releases and stuff like that. So not that we have to turn out, you know, two a year or any kind of crazy thing, but you know, they want you to keep current. So usually what happens is we'll like for the last one, like we, we took a lot of, it was a lot of time off when Severed a Wicked Hand came out. Uh, Kirk was still in down, but then once he wanted to focus on Crowbar, we got back in the, in the studio, we started writing, we started rehearsing. Uh, and then, so we recorded Cemetery. And we basically toured for like, you know, 18 months on Symmetry. And we got home and we took a little bit of time off. We kind of did a, a few shows here and there. Um, if something came up, like, a, you know, tour came up, well, obviously we we're going to hit the road and uh, and work and, you know, and, and play and all that stuff because we love to do it. And then it got to the point where, uh, you know, the guys from the, the record label hit us up and said, hey, man, uh, we're ready for uh, for a new Crowbar, you know, record, you know, we'll start getting all the details squared away. And then, yeah, so we started rehearsing and, uh, you know, did pre-production and writing and everything for this, this upcoming one. And, you know, we've got all the music done. Kirk's just got to do the vocals on it. And uh, same thing. We'll wrap this one up, mix and master. It'll be out in, uh, like I said, in September. And we're going to go ahead and same thing. We'll probably end up touring, you know, 18 months again. Like we did like 23, that's a long, 24 that's a long tours. Time. That's a lot. Yeah, you know, basically, you know, you, you hit the road for, you know, anywhere from four to six weeks. You come home from anywhere from three to five weeks, and then you just go out again. You just keep uh, keep doing it until everybody's uh, everybody's tired of seeing you for a little while, and you write a new record, and it kind of just keeps going like that. I, I like that you guys don't have a, um, a, a record that sounds exactly like another one. Um it, it it's just pure riffage the whole way and it, it's 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 awesome and i think that's probably what keeps you guys into it and focused or i, I don't it keeps your drive or inspired is what i should say is that yeah you're right I mean, from it, your heart it, it doesn't yeah yeah i mean it, it wouldn't do us any good or the fans any good for us to try to like make the same record over and over again or try to revisit and make a you know uh updated version of uh, an old record. I mean, you know, if people want to hear the old stuff, they're just going to go listen to it. You know, they're, they're not going to want to hear our updated version of it. You know, like I said, water's always purest at, at, at its source. So if they want to hear Oddfellas Rest or Sonic Excess or any of those albums, they're going to go listen to them. You know, they're not, they shouldn't be wanting to put on the new one to hear that stuff, you know, because it's, it's not going to be that. 
I can't I can't wait to hear it and you know tell uh, Kirk best of luck and um you know I will man for sure tell him we'll take all the credit because we're doing the podcast right now you know with you so it's gonna bring that mojo <laughs> through the line through the studio as we speak yeah absolutely you know? man I'm feeling it already I, yeah. I can you guys are welcome uh, yeah so <laughs> they do what we can yeah yeah thanks for the insight so. What do we call you about? We called you about Rob Ryan. Here's the deal. I'll set the tone. I'll be honest. I would rip on this guy all the time as a human being. Same with Rex. I've already admitted this to everybody else in this little world. But it's like when Rex was the buffoon on the Jets, I hated him. But I did not hate how his teams played. I hated his teams, how they played, because we had the Changeli era. Oh, man. Oh, we're soft. You know, CJ Spiller can't figure it out for two out of three seasons. And now you got Rob Ryan, who's down here too. Uh huh. Yeah, it takes him three years to learn an offense, get used to it, and then by that time, your coach is fired. But I doubt that'll happen in New Orleans. I don't think. But we'll get into that. No. But Rob Ryan, same kind of deal with Eric Mangini on on the Browns. Who's this dude? Who's this buffoon? And then Rob, (laughs) (laughs) and then Rex Ryan gets skinny. And, uh, you know, so now you got one buffoon to look at. And then he goes, and they're showing, you know, Jason Garrett, like 10% of the time, you know, something goes wrong on defense, they they pan it to Rob Ryan. I think Tony Romo could throw a touchdown, and they pan it to Rob Ryan. (laughs) It's like, all right, we got to kick off. Oh, cool. Well, get the guy with the long hair with his arms waving for momentum to get up and down, whatever, you know, whatever people want to say about him, you know. And then he's with the Saints. And, you know, the kid, the guy has a prestige, and and, and I respect him and Rex. I've never had a problem. But if there's one thing with with these guys is they need their guys, and it's every coach's excuse – that said, you're not running a Mike Schwartz basic 4-3 defense here. You're running a multiple defense with multiple pieces. And, and a lot of the – when they're telling you that we're going to call it left or left side or right side and not DE or outside linebacker, there's a huge – you better be multiple yeah. in positions. So, cut it raw. What were your thoughts of Rob Ryan before he came to the Saints – and after year one, where he took the Saints from number 31 in defense to the number four defense, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you had to have been pretty psyched after that. But what did you think before you got him, when you got him? And take the ball, well, man. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, well, the funny thing is, is when we when we got him, uh, you, know, it, you know, coming off the heels of, uh, you know, the, the whole Bounty Gate thing, you know, we lost Greg Williams, who – was great, you know, defensive coordinator. Um, you know, we we got Ryan. And I said, you know what? I said, you know, most Saints fans, you know, as a whole, uh, even though him, you know, being a Dallas and everything, and we're not big Dallas fans down here in New Orleans, uh, people are always pretty receptive of people that, that join the team. You know, like you know, a, a lot of fans are, no matter where they came from, it have it have to be uh, unless they came from Atlanta. Um, it'd be, you know, they're always pretty welcome. Some of the Atlanta players, if they try to get Atlanta guys, I don't know how well that would work. But, uh, um, no, everybody was really, uh, really psyched. You know, oh, man, you know, breathe some new life into the team. He's kind of got, uh, he's got some wild schemes. He's got, you know, he's kind of like a, kind of got that rebel attitude and everybody was into it. But I'll never forget, um, 
when it happened, I was playing bass for uh, Prong on a European tour, and Tommy Victor's a big Jets fan. And uh, we were just we were talking football and everything, and he was talking. I said, "Man, well, we got Rob Ryan." And he he looked at me and he started laughing, and he goes, "Give me a fucking break, man." He goes, "He can't win anywhere." He goes, "You guys will get rid of him in three years." And <laughs> I was oh. laughing my ass off when, I, and it was funny. I was like, "Oh no, man," you know. And then you know, at first he, uh, you know, he came into New Orleans and we started we started kicking ass. You know, we had a really good time. We started doing really well and we're like oh maybe this is what we needed but um you know the criticism started coming real shortly after that with his uh with his defensive schemes and you know maybe it's a little too uh his schemes a little too complicated for what people are i think we uh, had that same problem with rex ryan man it was too complicated and these guys already proved to do it in two different systems and it wasn't you can't mike Patton's system could not stop the run rex ryan's system can stop the run he's not proud of what it's done and so, like, you really can't say, well, they already played in that system. I mean, they kind of did. The terminology is there. But right. it sounds like the same parallel story. Too complicated. Too complicated. Well, yeah. And uh, like I was saying uh, earlier, you know, I was talking to, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people that were like, well, you know, man, these guys are professionals. They should be able to to adapt to these, these schemes. You know, that's what they get paid all this money for. And that's when I always broke out the, um, you know, like the race car driver analogy. And I said, man, you take a pro race car driver, whoever it is, let's just, like I said, uh, you know, like Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr. or whatever, you know, he's what, 5'10", 5'11". If you, you know, if you built a race car and made it for a guy that was a foot taller than that and then sat him in it, he'd have trouble reaching the pedals, reaching the steering wheel, the seat's too low. And then saying, well, man, you're a professional race car driver. You should be able to drive this car and win races. It's like, no, you wouldn't do that. You'd build the fucking race car, so he'd be it'd be a perfect fit for him, and he'd be able to drive it comfortably and do his thing, you know. So, um, and it's funny, you know, with, with what's going on now with uh, with Dennis Allen is that uh, down here on uh, AM eight seventy, we have a, there's a sports talk show with uh, former Saints quarterback Bobby Abair and uh, the Big Chief uh, Deke Bellavia. They uh and they they don't suffer from the fan itis or any of that. Even though Bobby was a Saints quarterback, um, they call it straight down the middle and they don't pull any punches. And it's a really good uh, you know, it's a really good uh, non-biased uh, fan fan uh, fan show. But um, they they played a clip on there the other day with uh, Delvin Bro, one of our safeties, and he said, man, they they were talking about how well the defense is already gelling, even with the rookies. Um, they're so comfortable playing Dennis's scheme. Everybody's having a great time. It's like the camaraderie's there, you know, and that's what you need, you know, and I think, you know, when that defense is, when that scheme was too complicated, guys were getting frustrated. Guys were probably getting frustrated with each other, you know, and it's just, that's a big part of it, man. If everybody's on the same page, that's when you're going to have the most results, you know, like uh, playing in a band, you know, if you got, the guitar, both guitar, you know, two guitar players, a bass player, and a drummer, and they all got different, uh, all their different pieces of sheet music. It's probably not going to sound very good, you know. No, it, it, it's it's kind of funny how you 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 brought up that analogy because you know I you, I, I know I'm I'm squirming here, but not on purpose. I'm trying to word this. I I have a gripe with the CBA. And the CBA, you you know, you were telling me you actually know people who have played 
and uh, you know, you, you you tour the world. I'm sure yeah. you run into these guys occasionally. But correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you know that CBA when it came out and they were limiting the practice time and this and that. I, if I'm not mistaken, I thought Drew Brees or somebody might have said that we're going to be seeing sloppier football or that there's a few people who are saying, look, we need this time on the field, and it's good for the players, but yeah, at, no, absolutely. at the same time, like your your quality of football will not be there. And, and I think a system that's that complicated, well, I can't call coach and ask him about it. And Right. You know, like when Rex, for example, came to how you were saying with Rob with Atlanta, when 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 Rex went to the Jets from Baltimore, he brought players over. He was at Bart Scott's doorstep the day of free agency. Right. Like, dude, you got to translate this. In Buffalo, he didn't have that. And the excuse here is, hey, not for nothing, I have an open door policy, and I don't think they believe me. And, you know, we have a drinking game here called the Doug Marone drinking game, so you got to drink every time I talk shit about him because I can't stand him. Uh, every time, it, it, it's like Doug Marone just he, he would just drive me crazy up and down the board because he made he made absolute no no sense on how he would you know he would let the defenses run free and but he was like a dick. Don't get me wrong. We had a, a, a we had a lethal snowstorm on uh, I ninety going towards Buffalo or in Buffalo, and people died when we got hit with like six feet of snow or something. Buffalo got hit. We're in Rochester, but Buffalo got hit with all yeah. that snow. And you know, he was. I listened to WGR five fifty a lot in Buffalo, and you know, after he got fired, they were kind of coming out. Uh, people were coming on the radio and really respect the people hinting towards he was not Doug Brown was not a pleasant man in the building. Okay. So right. I do believe when Rex Ryan or even some of the players come out and say, look, we didn't know we could actually go to this guy. You know, we just thought it was all maybe hype or we don't we don't know. And right. I look at it like when you lose when you don't have the leadership to back that up and tell them, hey, you can go see this guy then what do you have? And running with the parallels with Rob Ryan, what happened after year one? What happened with the Saints after year one? You lost Harper. You lost Jonathan Vilma. What? Those are two very impactful players. Yeah, I mean, Vilma, Vilma was a defensive captain. You know, there was, uh, you know, there, like you said, there's a, there's a leadership uh, role gone, you know. Uh, and, and that's the thing, you know, like you uh, – you don't have the same, uh, you don't have the same hand of cards. You know, you can't play the game the same. You know, so you, and it's that's kind of the way it works. You know, and it, 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 most of that, I mean, that's part of the the professional aspect of football is you're going to have guys leave. You know, it, it does happen. It's you sometimes they either they want to leave, they don't like the team, you know, or they don't want the franchise tag, or you know, we can't pay them the amount of money they want. Um, there's a lot of times like you know, there's personnel changes. You know. But uh, like I was saying before, with that race call thing, you know, just all of a sudden, say you're missing six starters or whatever it is, you know, it's like half half your fucking defense, you know. Sometimes, you, you know, all right, let me see what these guys are bringing to the table, and we're going to have to make adjustments, you know. And that's the whole thing that, that would bother me about, like, this um, this Rob Ryan thing with the scheme. It's like, well, man, you've got different guys on the team now. 
see what they're good at, and you're going to have to make adjustments. I, it's like I know you know how to run more than just this little this scheme of defense that you have. You know, um, if you if you have to run, you know, uh, three four four three, you run a nickel, like whatever it is. It's like okay, we've got guys who can, you know, who can who can pass rush. Um, you know, we need to we need to make that a strong point of defense. You know, I'm not gonna, you're not going to. You know, or say I've got a linebacker that can, uh, you know, that can cover guys like a like a DB. You know, right. you got guys with special talents. You have to you have to cultivate that. You can't just, you know, uh, like uh, that famous quote. Uh, you know, like, um, you know, nobody nobody's an idiot. You know, you can't you can't judge a fish's intelligence by its ability to climb a tree. You know, it's like the, the same thing. It's like you can't put a guy. You know, like these. Uh, you know, say you got guys that like DBs that are that are shorter. You know, you, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, more you know, of a slot, they're more of a slot corner out of unfortunately measurables. Yeah, you're not going to put a man to man on uh, you know megaphone or anybody like that. You know, like a, you know, like Marvin Harrison, like you know, these big six six you know speedster receivers. You're not going to stick the five eight DB on that guy. You shouldn't. You know, if you do, you're an idiot. You know, that that kind of stuff. It's just. You know, it, the ability to adapt is very important in professional football. The game is so fast, and if you know you don't have you have milliseconds to make adjustments, you don't have the time to do uh, big adjustments on the field. Like if that's when you know when a guy gets out of position, it takes one split second. Next thing you know, somebody somebody's taking a ball to the house. Well, you know? that that that's something. Six points. That that's something that um, you know, are you familiar with uh, Corey Graham? He was the Bills' safety, was playing corner for the Bills the year before. Uh, started out in Chicago as a special teamer, went to Baltimore. He's a Buffalo kid. Went to Baltimore to play, um, to get a chance to play a cornerback. And then next thing you know, he picked off Peyton Manning for that wild card upset. He picked off Peyton okay, Manning twice. Okay. Remember that kid? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm an apologist for him because it was his first year at safety this year. And his safeties coach, legendary Tim McDonald, came out and said, he's like, look, I sometimes he just sees too much of what's going on, so he's pretty much in a panic. And that's when that half step that you're talking about, that nanosecond, that is crucial. And when you're in Rex Ryan's yeah. defense, and I'm, at the, I'm a season ticket holder, and when I'm at the game, I can't watch it on TV anymore because I want to see the mismatches. I want to see... Who's open? I want to see who ran the wrong route because as Bills fans, you have black yeah. or white. Fitzpatrick sucks. Manuel sucks. Everybody sucks. Or, guys, what else happened there? you got to get off the fence. So, really, Rob Ryan, would you say it's all his fault? Or I was going to roll into the GM of the Saints from all accounts. I don't think he does them any favors, at least from what I see on the outside. Um, well, the, the 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 thing with that is, I guess, well, like I was like I've said before, um, the thing with Rob Ryan, it's re- the thing that he's doing right now that's really, you know, pissing Saints fans off is, you know, he is basically, you know, I don't understand how you can basically take zero accountability for the defense performing poorly when you're the defensive coordinator. I mean, there has to be some sort of uh, uh, accountability there. You know, you can you can he's done nothing but place the blame on other people um, and, you know, talk about how great he is and everything. And, you know, and I can understand maybe he's a little upset because he did get fired. You know, some people lash out when they, they, they've been, 
they've been terminated. It does happen, you know. Um, but, you know, at least own up to a little bit of it. You know, hey, man, you know, maybe I, I wasn't doing the right thing. But he's not really doing that, and that's kind of rubbing people the wrong way. Like, he, you know, uh, you guys aren't going to win any games with what you're doing now. And, you know, oh, man, the, you know, they're even blaming Katrina on me down there and all that, that ridiculous shit. It's like, man, just... And Katrina's a very personal your, topic. Your, you can't joke about that. Well, you know? you know, and it's like, you know, you did it just to take a jab, you know, mm-hmm. to just to, to make headlines, I think, which is, that's also pretty cheap, too, you know. Um, but, you know, admit that you made a mistake. You know, admit that you know, you there is some accountability. Like you know, you, you are partly responsible for the defense. You know, uh, performing poorly. You are the defensive coordinator at the end of the day. Did, now, didn't you tell the, me that, that Greg Williams had an issue with Sean Payton? Well, it's just you know put, the, the whole thing is is that um, I'm sure Sean Payton would probably admit this if, if you interviewed. I don't him. want to put. I'm not trying he to put you on be, blast. I'm just I'm just generally asking. Like uh, no, 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 no. Okay. It's all good. I don't mind, but. The, uh, the the thing is, is that he, uh, Sean Payton's like, he likes to have everything under control. And I'm sure because of that, you know, having that kind of control freak kind of thing going on, he's, I mean, he's a head coach. He's a very well-respected football mind. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, a guy was a quarterback in college, but he's more of an offensive-style quarterback. I mean, um, offensive-style coach. Right. And offensive-minded coach, I guess, is the best way to put it. But he, uh you know, there would be times where you could tell, you know, and I've, I've heard, uh, you know, know people that have, that worked at the Saints facilities over the years. And they'd be like, man, Greg Williams didn't take any, any shit. If who, anybody, it could have been Peyton. It could have been anybody else. If somebody told him to do something that he didn't agree with, he didn't do it. He said, it's my defense. And, you know, and I think that was part of the reason that, um, he was so successful here. He also, he ran a very aggressive style of defense, which I think, it fits well with the the way the, the Saints, you know, want things to be. Um, you know, that, that aggressive style of defense really, really worked well here. So I think that, you know, when you do, uh, you, know, you have a guy who's like, man, we're not going to take shit from anybody. We're going to play aggressive defense. You know, nobody tells us how to run this defense except us. They kind of had that, you know, it wasn't like us against them and the offense, but basically they were like, they, were, they acted like a gang back then, man. It was I'll like, tell you what, I, I, I say it all the time. My second team is the Vikings, and I don't have time to follow them as tight, but that's my dad's team. And, you know, I really feel, I'm sorry, that the year the Saints won the championship, I was fucking flipping out during a championship game because I thought there were so many bad calls from the refs. And that said, Football, you know, it shouldn't come down to that. I get it. But it's like that defense of the Saints, I watched a lot of them that year. And they were just kicking the shit out of people. Kicking the shit oh, out like of people. Oh, like fucking rabid dogs, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that was like, I mean, we'll put it this way. Uh, we pretty much, uh, the game before that, we pretty much fucking retired uh, Kurt Warner. Oh, my God, that hit. I will never forget that I'll- hit. It, 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 that, that white jersey. Is in is that his body bent around him as if you threw like a silicone tit at a guy and it just like it was huge and it just formed him almost like <laughs> Gumby. It was like if you just well, held a piece of gum way. and somebody ran into it, it just wrapped around Kurt Warner wrapped around that guy's shoulder. I was like, when he got hit in the air, I was like, he's done. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's well, done. Thing, well, I remember, uh, you know. Uh, put it this way, like put it, it, any that, that could be used as a training video for any like rookie quarterback. Basically, hey man, if you throw an interception, you fucking stay put. 
do not try to chase this guy because this could be you, you know. And it was just one of those things. I mean, yeah, Brady, you know, and it, we got Brady a lot of, it we got, out. Brady it out. Yeah, we uh, we got a lot of heat for that one too. Um, after the fact, and you know, even if you like, if you go back and watch the clip of that, um, during the game, uh, even the, even the whoever was calling the game, I don't even remember. Um, they were like, "That's a clean hit." That was you know, shoulder. A, that was all shoulder. Yeah, and it was a clean hit, and uh, you know, you uh, you know, you're making a play on the ball now. You're considered a defense, and you're open to be blocked. And you know. It, who knows if that guy, if uh, you know, who knows if he knew that it, he was hitting Kurt Warner when he hit him? It, he probably hit it like right when he actually made the hit. Uh, I mean, I seriously doubt he was head hunting. I mean, it, it's all up to speculation at this point. But in the end, who fucking cares? He put himself in that position. You know, it's like uh, you know, you walk into the uh, you walk into lines, then wearing a steak suit. You know, you probably can get bit. But let's you know? face it. Let's deal. face it. You get in the quarterback's head. Uh, I mean, the Bills played the, the, the Patriots the first time. Uh, Rex Ryan unveiled something that I think is actually on the cutting edge. And a pure football mind might think I'm absolutely stupid. But against Pete, against Tom Brady, he's like, look, he's going to try to get rid of the ball fast. Like, really fast. And that's always been his game. And... Yeah. He's always yards after catch. And, and and you look at the averages, he's very low on how far it throws the ball. That said, that's how the offense is designed and it works. It's always work for him and that's fine. And Rex Ryan, I think it's kinda of cutting on. He's he's like, Okay, that's fine, but where are you gonna throw it? Like if we clogged the passing lanes, that said I don't think things were executed. So with that, the second time the Bills played the Patriots, they knocked the fuck out of Tom Brady. And he was off his rocker. When you get these guys off their mark, look what happened to Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. You know, oh yeah, he's you all rattle, those, you rattle those guys, and mm-hmm. well, you know, and that was the whole thing. Uh, uh, talk to you if you want to touch on that for a second. But we were we were talking about that, you know, when it came down to it, and people were talking about how great Carolina is, and I said, well, yeah, they're great. I mean, they they beat everybody they played that year. You know, because I remember somebody was like, I said, dude, I said, don't. I mean, as much as we don't like them, they're in our division or whatever. I said, don't discredit them. They're like, well, who did they? Who did they beat this year? And I said, well, they beat everybody they played. I mean, what else you want them to do? Um, but they still haven't played the number one defense in the league, which they're about to do. You know, which they, you know, and I'm talking about uh, past tense. Like, what? That's gonna, that's what they're going to do this Sunday. And uh, I don't think they have an answer for them. I said. You know, uh-huh. as much as I'm a, you know, like I said, we're a, I'm a big Saints fan, but at that time, it's like, wow, winning the NFC South, man, it's like, you know, me winning, winning a sprint against a bunch of fifth graders, you know, at that point. It's just, it's, we were not a tough division, you know. It was not, you know, it was not a, it was a big challenge for them. They just they had everybody outclassed. But, you know, he, he hadn't played, they hadn't played a cal- that caliber of defense. And it showed very quickly because, I mean, basically, Vaughn Miller was that dude's shadow. Isn't it that amazing that Von Miller called that out? He's like, I'm going to get to him in two seconds. No, you're not. No. He's like, all I need are two seconds. What? Oh, yeah. I was like, get the fuck out. No, you're not. I love you, Von Miller. I thought the Bills were going to pick you. Darius fell. And, you know, <sighs> I was more psyched. He mauled, he, mauled, he, mauled those, he mauled those motherfuckers for that, that entire game. And the 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 the, 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 the quarterback, the athletic immaturity 
on Cam Newton's part. I mean, he's a, he's a great football player, obviously. Um, he's got his, uh, you know, he's, he's an athlete. Obviously, you, you got to have those things to be a successful quarterback. But he wasn't ready for a, for, a, for these these grizzled veteran dudes, and they just don't give a shit. And they're gonna grin and they're gonna bust your mouth. And you know, it, it all came to a head when he fumbled that ball and he went to go for it, and then he backed up when he saw Vaughn Miller was coming for him. You know? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. So it's Von Miller is like a, a freak of nature, and and again that that even that defense oh, yeah. rivaled to me what New Orleans was doing the year they won the bowl. And what I was wondering is, you know, obviously, you know, we know Greg Williams pretty well here, and I don't think he's yeah. all kidding aside. He's nothing to fuck with. He he's a real deal. You got to give that guy the tools. You got to give these guys the tools. Um, you know, what. Do you think um, to to wrap up, not necessarily wrap up, but maybe hit a couple spots to cut a little bit deeper? Yeah, sure. The GM of the Saints, all right, Mickey Loomis. You know, you were telling me he also deals with the Pelicans, right? Right, right. Um, you know, him and uh, like I said, Tom Benson, who owns the Saints, also owns the Pelicans, and uh, Mickey Loomis is is has stuff to do with the front office there, and it, you know. It, just get the vibe that, uh, you know, we kind of have a part-time GM, you know. I really don't think, you know, when it comes to that kind of leadership role or that kind of management role in a team, you can't serve two masters. And uh, he's got a – if he wants to continue to, to – if he's happy over there doing the Pelicans thing and, you know, let's yeah, that's fine, you know. Give, give him the Pelicans and let's get somebody in here that can, uh, um, that can really make it happen, you know. It's somebody that, that's going to be – you know, Saints all the time, you know, 24-7 or whatever you want to call. Somebody who's just, they're all, you know, they that's their job. They live in and breathe in it, you know. Not to say that Mickey Loomis isn't serious about what he does with the Saints. It's just that, you know, you have, you know, you've got more than one big responsibility on your plate. You know, and I think that that has a little bit to do with some of the decisions that are made. Um, and, uh, you know, like the, not this year's draft. I think we drafted really well this year. Um the year before that, man, everybody was just kind of scratching their heads, you know, because uh, I'm on an uh, I'm on an email list, you know, it's like a Saints Saints fans email list. It's like you know me and Kirk, uh, Kyle Thomas, uh, Anselmo's on it. Um, uh, buddy of ours, Jason Trosclair, who actually works for you know works for Saints, a uh, bunch of other guys who work for the Saints, um, and uh, just a bunch of great friends of ours. Um, and you know we, I, you know, when I get off the phone, I probably got ten emails from that list. No and, way. Uh, we're always back I and forth the right talking guy. about stuff. <laughs> and uh, you know, we're always, we're all, you know, and everybody, we're, you know, sometimes these email threads will get real long, man, and it would be arguing with each other. And sometimes there's agreements, and there's always the one guy who's, you know, there's always a couple of guys who are literally negative about everything, you know. But uh, some guys a little too positive about everything. Some guys fall in between. But 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 anyway. Um, that was the whole thing, you know, it's like sometimes, uh, with Mickey Loomis, it just seems like sometimes the guy, man, he makes decisions that are like, man, that was really on point. And then sometimes you're like, what the hell is this guy doing? What, what you know, happened like, with Jimmy? What was the exact thing that happened with Jimmy Graham? I know he wanted a lot uh, of money. You know, um, do you, do you blame Jimmy Graham? And, and was he really a one dimensional guy? You know, it seems like pro football um, it, talk it, tries to pay him because he doesn't want to block. Like, what's his deal? Well, it became painfully obvious uh, when, when he moved, went to uh, Seattle 
that he did not want to play uh, physical brand tight end football. Exactly. Um, he had a lot. He had a lot of problems here. Um, they all all the problems seemed to kind of uh, stem after his his uh, contract, those contract issues. Because uh, I think the deal was he wanted twelve million. We wanted to give him eight. You can't give twelve saying, million to a tight end. Well, right, he was arguing that he was more of a receiver than a tight end, and it's like, well, right. on the roster, you're number 88, it says a tight end. Yeah, you may be a very high receiving tight end, but, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just, dude, you're not going to make that kind of money. And I remember when they started all of that, I was talking to the phone to my dad, and I said, dude, just give him, give him $10 million, but split the difference, give him, you know, and then give him, in, you know, player bonus incentives or something like that. It's like, well, you could probably make it $12 million if you play your ass off and you do this and all that. And they ended up giving him 10 I don't think they did anything as far as player bonuses. I doubt it. But, uh, you know, it seems like after that, he just kind of quit giving a shit. You know, he'd run chicken shit routes. He would, you know, he wouldn't block. He wasn't much of a blocker before, but the offensive team that we had, he really do, had to do a lot of blocking because we had, you know, that was when we, you know, we had Peter Thomas and uh, we had a lot of blocking running backs this time. We had some, it's, some killer guys back. Hey, you know what's kind of funny uh, that you mentioned him? Is that in Seattle, he's due $9 million this year. And it's on SpotTrack.com. If you guys, for your email list, Spot and then RAC, just one T, so SpotTrack, no K. Dot com. Yeah. They do all these great contract breakdowns, and we had it pulled up as we're talking about it. And um, the the word from their website verbatim is: all reports from Seattle say this move is simply not in the cards of cutting him. But with Graham coming off an injury riddled season and improving play like from Luke Wilson in 2015, it might simply be a good business move to clear his nine million off the books. And they're like, this one seems high, highly unlikely, though. And, and frankly, you know, the, the system has to match the player. And you have a good thing going on with Drew Brees. And, yeah, you're getting paid. But then again, we're asking 25-year-olds to make this lifetime choice. You know what I mean? 23-year-olds. And I know where I was. I was doing the dumbest shit, like locking the keys in a trailer out of town in Western Mass. You know? Like, <laughs> right, right. It, 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 it's It's... You know, but like you said, I'm his brand of football. That was what Seattle was saying. That's what. Now, did they want him to do more when he was on the Saints? Like, did they want to evolve, say, the run game? Because the Saints have always well, had know, a I solid mean, stable of backs. But we didn't. We didn't really. I mean, the offense. That's the whole thing. Since since Drew has been at the helm, uh, we really have not done a lot of a lot of changes to the offensive team. I mean, you, you basically a guy like Drew. If you, you surround him with with talent and give him lanes to throw in, he's going to win football games for you. So I mean, they haven't really done a lot of changes on that uh, on that side of the ball. Now it just seemed like Jimmy, uh, he you know he got a little upset about this contract situation, and it seems like he just didn't want to be there. Um, I remember we played in. Uh, we played a home game. It was a, either a Sunday night or Monday night game. I don't remember, but it was against Baltimore. We played the Ravens here in the Dome, and it drew. It ended up turning into a pick six. And you know, I hate to you know say whose fault it was, but it was one of those things that Jimmy was just he was doing a you know just one of these these hook route type deals where he was heading towards the sideline, and because Drew was under pressure, he threw the ball and it was a little behind him. 
And instead of, you know, usually like a year before that, Jimmy would have, he would have reversed his field. He would have stretched out that big right. long in his body. He got yeah, he he Randy Moss. He, 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 he basically stuck his hand back there, you know, to try to kind of like break the pass up and it bounced in the air. And I can't remember the guy's name, but whoever that stud DB is that, that Baltimore has, of course, he was right there, sniffed it out, kicked it and took it to the house. And it was like, a lot of people like, oh, yeah, you know, fucking Breeze again. But, you know, because at the time, Breeze was having a rough. Well, dude, if you really look at that right, um, you know, there, there was more pieces to the puzzle on that. And he basically just stuck his hand back in. He didn't even bat the ball down. It seems like of Drew Brees, it seems like, a, like from all accounts, Drew Brees sounds like a great guy. And I could be wrong. I don't know I'm why not... you wouldn't want to hustle for that dude. Exactly. You know I mean? And when Drew Brees is mad at you, you're the asshole. That's how I look at it. I mean, we pretty much, you, you know, know. We thought of Drew Brees. Did... I mean, I, what do you think about his contract? What do you think? How long is he going to stick around? I mean, before we got Tyrod Taylor in the fold, I mean, there was talks on the radio. Well, hey, should we trade for Drew Brees? And I was like, Are you kidding me? Hell yes! Get me a good offensive coordinator and Greg Roman. Trade for Drew Brees. Uh, a power run offense. Well, get this guy, but what do you give up for you know, this guy? I, what uh, my my take on the the breeze thing is, uh, you know, I I don't see him. First of all, he's only going to have so many more years. I mean, the guy's thirty eight years old, and that's the uh, that's the the big elf, the white elf in the room, or whatever you want to say. He gets hit a lot room, too, doesn't he? What's that? Doesn't he get knocked around a lot too? I mean, he's he, well, he's always making try, plays out of the pocket. That. Yeah, we're trying to stop that from happening. That's another thing uh, that needs to happen. He spent a lot of time on his rear end the last couple of seasons. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he he's getting older, so he's only going to have a couple more years left in him. I mean, let's let's face it. He's probably not going to he's not going to do the George Blanda thing and play until he's like in his late 40s or I'm something like that. I'm telling you, I mean, as a Bills good. fan, you might want him to play into his late 40s because you don't know what you're going to go through. Our situation is is not as bad as say Cleveland or Miami's quarterback carousel, but I mean, right, right. Uh, you might want to have Drew Brees out there throwing with his foot or something. Uh, I don't but, <laughs> You know what? We were laughing about that, man. So we'll bring him out there on crutches if we got to, but uh you know, he, like I said, he's getting older, so he's only going to play so many more years. Um, you know, the guy's got a family. I got two words for him. Stem cells. He needs stem cells on every joint of his body. Get him in there. <laughs> Send him to Make him a cyborg or something. I mean, really. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, he's, like I said, he's only got a couple more years anyway, but he, seems, he really loves this city. You know, I don't really see him going in, anywhere else. I mean, we took a chance on him with nobody else. Would even pass him a physical, you know, like so that you know we we stuck out, you know we put a lot on the line to have him here, you know we took him when nobody else was really interested in him because of the, the severity of his arm injury, um, and so you know he owes the city a lot, um, and the city you know, you know the guy the guy couldn't get a parking ticket in this town, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like he's, you know, he, he's the 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 one and only quarterback to ever bring us to a Super Bowl and then a Super Bowl victory. You know, put it this way, even if we'd have lost that game, he'd still be he'd still be a legend down here. Is it really you know like I mean? the NFL it's, commercial where he's just beloved by everybody? He walks down the street and they want to hold his hand, the kids yeah, just walk. Like absolutely. that's that's really probably you know, real life. They just put a camera on him. He walks dude, I've heard so many stories 
I mean, I've never met the man personally, but I know a lot of people that have. You know, like took I'm sure. I'm sure he's listening. You know what I mean? Well, he would. Uh, <laughs> he would. He, like you know, same thing. Like a buddy of mine uh, happened to be wearing a Breeze jersey, and just you know, like it was, maybe it was Friday because a lot of people like. You know, with the, during the football season, a lot of offices and places like that, and just they do like a Saints Friday or whatever. Everybody wears Saints jersey and stuff. And like, he went to lunch. He was like a Popeyes or something, and it was a, it was like you know we were obviously playing a home game. Breeze like walked into Popeyes. Like everybody's like, oh, he's like high five and people shaking hands and like he signed up by his jersey, all that stuff, man. And it's like, and uh, you know, I've heard so many stories like that. Like he'll just be somewhere and people are like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, oh, cool, hey, you know, like. Not like, you know, leave me alone with my family. He's like, no, I do shake hands. He like take pictures. He's like, hey, what's up? You know, he'll, you know, he takes time for people. He's just still like a real approachable dude. He's got a lot of, you know, he's just a good guy. He, he's, he's definitely a saint for life. Like, I, I don't, I don't think, do you think Mickey Loomis would be nuts enough to trade him? I mean, the, the, the personnel moves, which we'll get into next, um, do you think he would be nuts to trade right. him? Do you think the trains should, uh, the trades should? Have you heard any rumblings? I mean, through your little thing? You got, no, you know. I, I, I haven't. I haven't heard anything about them getting rid of him. You know, of course, you know, to uh, like I guess you know what they call it now, clickbait or whatever. Right. You know, I feel like ESPN and in these places they just make they they. I, I we feel personally that the cheap story, which it, it's easy radio, is to talk about the quarterback. Any quarterback, it's going to bring in anything, and, and they set you up with a preset yeah. amount of variables and. And it's, like, just so dumb because there's so many – yes, it's a very important position on the field, and, yes, the most important, but what an oxymoron it is that you have a guy like Peyton Manning who can't throw anything, and I defended him earlier in the year, and then I was like, you know what, I was wrong. And, you know, he really was throwing wounded ducks. What was amazing to me is that he actually would time the wounded ducks correctly, but he would throw these wounded ducks, yeah. and, and it's like they run, they won with their run game, and they say it's a passing league, and yes, I get it. At the same time, I mean, I think the run game is coming back because with all these restrictions on on on, on time and coaching and, and players on the field, uh, you know, and, and then all the way to the rules changes, uh, you can't well, – the, the they protect the quarterback so much. Know? There's only so many franchise quarterbacks. They don't grow on trees. There's like seven. You know what I mean? No, and that's the thing. Like, um, you know, Kirk, Kirk was talking about it, you know, because we were talking about Breeze, and we always, uh, you know, like the, the whole Romo thing comes up, and like uh, Kirk said it the best, you know, he's talking about Tony Romo. He goes, man, if he's, in, if he's such an elite quarterback, why does everybody have to argue that he is? You know, it would just be common knowledge, you know. But talking about Breeze, you know, people don't think that Breeze is an elite level quarterback, which I, it, it, you know, I they don't I'll, I'll, because I, I don't totally, know how many five thousand yard seasons does he have. Well, yeah, and they, they, oh, he's not in the same league as Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, and I said, man, uh, I don't know, yeah, so I how, think he you know, is. I'm like, well, that, that's the one. Well, the whole thing is people argue about that. that he's he's not he's not an elite level quarterback, and that argument has gone on for a little while with with Breeze back and forth there's some people that don't don't think that he is and honestly if you look at it objectively um like if you sat down and just like looked at numbers and things like that i mean you can't deny it the guy the guy produces i mean he's a great quarterback he's you know he's had he's got a couple quite a few nfl passing records he's got a super bowl ring he's got a uh you know he's got a uh you know, a conference championship ring. You know, he's got all sorts of. You know, he's done a lot of stuff. 
You know? What do you think about and, uh, what's the offensive line they've they've surrounded them with though? Is it been good? Has it been bad? Has it because no, like I said, I see him get knocked around, but. Have you been satisfied with the line the last few years or forever, or has it always been bad? Has it always been good? Well, like, you know, like what's the flow for this guy? What are they putting I in front think, of him? I think the, the thing is we need, you know, we need a couple more. We've got, uh, we've got Andrews Pete, you know, that guy, that guy we drafted. Um, you know, he's starting to come around. Um, right, right. You know, for a while there, we, for a lot, of the, a lot of time, like the last couple of seasons, we had a lot of old aging veterans, you know, guys that just they were not, Velma. Velma was one, or not Velma? Wait, and still, still. Uh, well, we had uh, like like Zach Street, take mm-hmm. a guy like that. You know, guy was same thing. His, you know, as he, you know, as he got older, you know, the holding penalties started coming up more often. You know, he couldn't couldn't keep these guys from peeling around the end on him, and you know, whatever it was, you know, and like we need, like I said, we just needed some youth, you know, uh, to mix in with some of these these veterans and. You know they're doing a good job of uh, of doing that, and you know it's a process. You can't do it overnight. These guys need to learn to work together. Some of these guys need to uh, get the experience in. But the last couple of years, no, I don't think many people were very uh, satisfied with what the offensive line was doing. And uh, but you know everything everything has the opportunity to get better. And I think we're we're utilizing our you know the, the undrafted free agents and all of our offseason acquisitions wisely to fill. Boys. What about what wasn't I, I said Velma like an idiot? What I thought you guys lost a guard. Didn't you guys just lose a guard in free agency recently that was a big name? Or am I thinking of another team? I thought he was a very important piece on your offensive line. Um, let me think. You know, it's funny, like sometimes you get you know, so many people are coming and going right now. I'm trying to think of who maybe we did lose. Um Man, you know what? I, we did lose somebody. It'll come to me at some point, and if it doesn't, I'll I'll text you or something. And it, it's right there. We did, oh, it was, we did uh, lose a, it was Jerry we, Evans. Yes, Jerry Evans. Yes, yes, yes. Jerry Evans. Yeah. Aging. Sorry, veteran. I was sleeping. I was literally asleep over here, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh wait, I know this one." So <laughs> now that one, I understand. Um, he, he's getting older, this and that. Then we got Richie, Richie Incognito, which has been an awesome. You no, know. I just really wanted Jari Evans to sign here. Really? I, I really, when he yeah. came up for that visit, I was like, oh, fingers crossed. I know. I thought he would. Um, Hopefully John Miller will pan out for us. Whatever. I hope so, too. We'll see. What do you think? Um, we were talking about Brandon Browner. You were not impressed with Brandon Browner. And we were talking maybe he was out of fit, you know. And, and, and we made parallels to... You know, Darrell Rivas, Namdi Asimov, the year that they were free agents uh, the, the first time, or not the first yeah. time, when, when, when Rivas actually left the Jets, for our listeners, uh, they were put in the systems where they did not flourish. Uh, Darrell Rivas went to a Tampa, too, under Lovey Smith, and yeah. it, it didn't it did not work for him. And, um, you know, Nandi Asimov was, again, out of position. And, you know, you hear Patrick Peterson, John, and Richard Sherman. Well, Patrick Peterson is asked to do a lot different of a role, asked to play both sides of the field, not just one side in the zone like Richard Sherman. And you're getting Brandon Browner, who's on a cocky-ass team, goes to the, the Patriots, comes to the Saints. And what was your thoughts? Well, with, as far as... Browner goes, man. It, you know, like I said, he, he definitely wasn't a fit. Uh, this is 
why he's not here anymore. Um, the issue with him that, you know, was uh, the issue was with, you know, pretty much everybody who in the, uh, who that nation was, I mean, the guy was the most penalized player in the league. Uh, used to cost us. It was quite a few times where his, uh, shenanigans actually cost us, you know, points, you know, in the sense of like, you know, like, uh, there'd be plenty of times, man, we'd have, we'd have somebody, you know, third and long, you know, and we'd either shut, we'd stuff them or we'd check, you know, or there'd be a, you know, an interception or some, any, anything positive that can happen for a defense on third and long. And it would instantly be negated by some sort of, uh, you know, defensive holding penalty. And it would be something like, even something really goofy, like 20 yards down the field, you know, he, uh, you know, commits some sort of, you know, just ridiculous holding or, some sort of unnecessary roughness, or, you know, you know, some sort of flagrant penalty with 15 yards, automatic first down, all of that, uh, all that shit, you know. And, and, and his uh, his attitude was kind of shitty. Um, there was an incident in the Carolina game in the dome where uh, I'm looking at the uh, looking at the side of the field, and uh, he committed some he did something stupid, and he's over there. Screaming at Dennis Allen, you know, back and forth. It's like, man, that's not the kind of guy you want on a team, you know, with that kind of attitude. You don't, you gotta, we're all grown men and, you know, they're all professionals, but, uh, man, you gotta have respect for your coaches. You know, it just didn't seem like he had that. He kind of was doing his own thing. And uh, as far as him not being a fit in that regard, and then the other side of it was, I think the reason why a lot of those, uh, penalties and, you know, incidents happened was he, was not comfortable running the uh, the scheme, you know, that the defensive backs ran. Uh, and, and, you know, he was – it just didn't seem like he was a man-to-man guy. Uh, I'm pretty sure they ran some sort of zone defense in New England when he was there. And, uh, yeah, it's just – I know, think he, I really think it comes down to coaching, too. I mean, like you said, it, you got to have the players that fit your scheme. And – what, yeah, no, and, absolutely. And what if they don't have the work ethic? That dude just got paid twice. Twice. You know what I mean? He got paid from the Pats. He got paid from the Saints. And you're telling me, you know, I don't know. I, I'm very hard on myself. If I play like shit, I'm never going to let my team down. You know what I mean? I can't show up. You know, like uh, I, I, I can't, I can't show up and, and show up on a stage. I don't care if there's one person in the room or, or whatever. I can't, or even a, a couple, a couple practices to a practice before. I can't come in playing something like shit. You know, I gotta know that I'm gonna no, hold it no, down. No, no, funny and you say that because have the work we've ethic? always, uh, well, you know, it's just you know, it's funny you said that because we always say the same thing in the band. It's like you know, I don't care if there's. 500 people there, it's 50 people there, they're going to get the same show, you know, and it's, it's the same, same kind of parallel. It's just, you know, you gotta, you gotta play, man. You gotta do your best of your ability, but at the same time, if you're, if you're in a situation where you can't perform at the best of your ability, you're, you're, you know, like I said, it, 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 it struck me that he was not a very good man to man coverage guy. It just was not his thing. And for whatever reason, it, you know, there was a lot of situations where he was man to man. And that was a situation where, he would he would get burned a lot too, and that was the other thing, you know. Uh, it just seems like he was out of place a lot, you know. There'd be a lot of times, you know. Usually, if somebody comes in on a slant and uh, and just starts ripping up the field, usually if you go back and look, 
the guy who missed it, who missed the route, it was usually him, you know, and it just, right. whatever reason he did not, he did not work well in our system and he just did not, he didn't perform well. Who, you know, who do you, put, the the, the who do you then, put that blame on? Because I know we got your guy, Jim Manos, who, who was your, I believe your pro personnel guy or he, I, I should be accurate. He was on the, uh, on the scouting staff. And as a Bills fan, I feel he's he's a pro personnel guy here, and he's done yeah. a wonderful job. Um, and he's been with the Bills for a few years now. Do you think Mickey Loomis is getting the right guys for the team? Because you know we were going to roll into Spiller and Bird, like let's call it how it is. In in an interview well, <laughs> with with Monday quarterback on uh, you know Peter King's deal, his little channel there on Sports Illustrated. Robin Rex did an interview, which is pretty much what, what stunned this conversation. We're trying to, to, to dig through the tea leaves here. What the fuck happened here? And, you know, he pretty much said, I didn't need a goalpost. And people could take that however they want, but I know what kind of player Jarius Bird was. I did not want to lose Jarius Bird, personally. I know he's been disappointing for you, but I'll give you the spiel on him. That kid has a knack for the ball. And... His rookie season, I believe he had, what do you have, seven interceptions? Or was it like something like nine? He had some crazy number for a rookie. And he right, has right. a knack. He, he takes, I think, on the ball, he takes very, or I should say in general, I could be totally off base, but I really felt he always took very good angles because out of nowhere, here's this guy, perfect angle. You want to talk losing a nanosecond of a step in a system? He knew what his job was that said if you're gonna tell me he was gonna go play with 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 rob ryan nine interceptions right no shit yeah so he had nine interceptions in in his rookie year um but he can if you use him right again rob ryan he can be used well that said the bills didn't resign him and his franchise tag year he had plantar fasciitis didn't sign his his tender until or his tag until like the last day of camp when it was at St. John Fisher, which is a college right in Rochester where they hold camp, and it he he goes to the Saints and I hear he's got his, his back is hurt. I'm like, whoa, that is some shenanigans. Oh. How, whoa, like how do you guys not? I'm not saying your medical staff, but like how does that word not travel well, through the league? Like, you know what? what? And, and that's the whole thing. Dude, you know, and that was the whole thing. I remember we we signed him, and uh, I'm like, you know, because you don't know. I mean, honestly, you, you know, it, you have to be like, you know, uh, that's a whole different level of fandom when you find out, who, you know, inside scoops on injuries and all that crazy shit. But, I mean, I was like, oh, cool. I said, Jared Bird. I said, man, that guy, that guy is a solid DB. I said, we could use a guy like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, we signed him for all this money, and they're like, oh, you know, he's got to go have back surgery. And I'm like, Back surgery. You don't I mess said, with back. Nobody dude. fucking. I'm like, who in the fuck cleared this guy? You know, did you did you not go take a look at this motherfucker? Did you just uh, did, did you just sign him sight unseen? It's like you know, uh, like buying a car on Craigslist without even going and driving it or something. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, go fucking. <laughs> you know, it, you know what I mean? Like, just check this dude out. You know, like I mean, they didn't do anything. I mean. And then, you know, like I said, that leads into the spiller. And it's the same same scenario. It's like, I mean, no matter, the, the time he did spend on the field with us, I think, was pretty damn good. Um, he won that game for us in overtime against Dallas, you know. Uh, 
but, you know, it doesn't matter how good the guy is. If he can't stay on the field, you know, he does you no good. Um, years ago, we had a uh, we had a guy named Cam Cleland who was a tight end for us, and he was a great tight end, big physical guy, but he would just, just could not stay uh, healthy. So we had to get rid of him, and it sucked because when he was on the field, he was great, but he just – you just couldn't stay healthy, you know? I'll give, the same, you, uh, same scenario. I'll give you a C.J. Speller history lesson. So I I have to take credit because I don't get to pat myself on the back in the past because when am I going to bring up C.J. Speller again? But I said to a guy walking out the door doing my little drywall job here, I go, Matt, don't be surprised that the Bills take Speller. He's like, oh, you're out of your mind. They have so many other needs. I'm like, don't be surprised. I'm looking at the roster, and you got Fred Jackson, who I liked a lot. And you had Marshawn Lynch, who did not want to be there. And like we were talking in pre-pro, he hit the hole after he left Buffalo. You know, he showed a lot of promise in Buffalo at first, but then he just seemed to not give a shit. And there was all sorts of drama. Like, allegedly, he ripped off 20 bucks off a table in Applebee's. You know, I don't know what the deal is. Supposedly, the media ran him out of town. I don't, I don't know. Um, but, you yeah. know, so Spiller, they draft him. I, I threw the shit on the wall. It stuck. And <laughs> let me tell you something. Us fans were like, give the ball to Spiller, give the ball to Spiller, give the ball to Spiller. But you, you give it to slow and steady Fred Jackson, his vision. You understood when you watched those two running backs. Fred Jackson, for Saints fans, is very similar to Chris Ivory. The vision is just sick. He's tough to take down. And there is a burst, believe it right. or not, even with Fred. And, and you could run. C.J. Spiller, you know what he said after his first preseason game? Damn, the defensive ends can run fast. I did not know that would be the theme of his career, a.k.a. took him two years to his third year to figure out, I can't just hit the edge. I can't just hit the edge every single time. And his third, and the thing is, is he's got very nice hands. He can run some routes. He is a playmaker. I don't know if his football IQ is there because when Doug Marone drink um came into play he could not make anything happen and then he got hurt his last year with us as well and he just couldn't pick it up and you know what he said after his his first few games under under Hackett's offense was after his first game actually I'm going back to my old habits of always wanting to bounce it outside Bro, you've been in the NFL now for four years, and you're a little bit older than the other. I think you came in the league at 23. You're not talking to Sean McCoy or these guys at 20 years old here, man. You got a couple more years on these folks. You better learn. And you played D1 football at Clemson. Like, I mean, it worked at Clemson. It clearly did. But it, yeah. it, it, it's almost like we talk. Don't, sometimes when these guys move, it ain't good. But how how was he on yeah. the field when he was in? Was he very productive? Was he average? I didn't really watch much Saints ball this year, you know, so well, I really don't know. You know, it, well, the thing with with him, like I said, you know, the time that that he spent on the field was was excellent. You know, I, I'd say, you know, um, like I said, you know, case in point when when we played uh, Dallas, you know, that he, you know he was able to, you know, you give that guy the room, and man, he can. He can make some plays happen. Like I said, he he won the game for us that day, you know, and it, that was like one of the few uh, the few times he actually had a lot of time on the field. Um, there was a couple other games he played in that season, and then after that, it was once again it was problems with the knee, 
and he's not feeling a hundred percent. And it's just, you know, it gets to a point where, you know, as much as the guy is brilliant when he's on the field, if he's spending more time off than he is on, I mean, you just, you know, you, you get to that dead end where the, the guy isn't worth the money. You gotta, you gotta move on. And it, it sucks because man, I would love, I would love to have a, a healthy hundred percent CJ Spiller on the field. He just, I think he would he's, be a great he, fit for so, what we he's do. He's so dangerous. And, and honestly, uh, confession, he's like the, the the only player I've really gotten like a, a hand-signed personal autograph from at training camp. And I was telling him, I go, yeah, my friend was a, an equipment manager at Clemson for the, for the baseball team, and supposedly he's got a game-worn jersey or something of yours. What? He ain't supposed to have that. He was funny as hell. You know, he's a, he's just like, he he's a nice, like, he... He's a guy in the media. You could tell he holds back, but I could tell in the locker room or if you speak to the organization, he's probably a ball buster, and that's pretty neat. You know, he's you want to root for the kid. I love CJ Spiller. I really did. But honestly, I, I really want to see Fred Jackson be the number one guy. I want to see him be useful. But unfortunately, I don't know how it is down there. Man, fans start crying. I, I feel like sometimes people hear that and give Spiller the ball, give Spiller the ball. Well, if Spiller can't hit the damn hole... What are you going to do with him? Don't get me wrong. Who has the most yards lost in the history of, uh, as a running back? It is Barry Sanders. And I made the mistake yeah. of saying, I think Spiller has hips as shifty as Barry Sanders when he came out. But, I mean, if you watch him, it's, I mean, to me, Barry Sanders as a kid was, I, I always liked Barry Sanders over Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith just, you know, all the coke those guys did, dude, they were blowing holes big enough to fit Mack trucks through it. Like, <laughs> my grandmother could have ran through that line. I'm not fucking impressed, Dallas. Okay? We're, right. You know, it's like Emmett Smith was giving the rock all the time. All the time. And no wonder why he made it. You know, he put up what he did. Barry Sanders was surrounded by shit. And I looked at Spiller like... That's the thing. Ba- Barry Sanders, that, that was the only bummer... Uh, you know, me and me and my dad always talk about it. Man, could you imagine if, if in that era he was playing for like fucking San Francisco or something like that, or you know, uh, you know, one of the one of the the, the powerhouse teams? Right, right. Man, it, holy shit! If he wouldn't have been if he wouldn't have been stuck in Detroit his whole fucking career, like I said, if he'd have been in the powerhouse team, if he'd have been playing for you know, Frisco or, you know, if he'd have played in Dallas, you know, and, you know, and all that, you know, he had guys like Leon Lett, you know, fucking blocking for him and shit, you know. When you got bus uh, size holes, and, and I put it this way, if you got a bus size hole and then those guys can get to the second level, which, which a guy like Richie Incognito to us is just an absolute mauler. And, you know, you get these guys at the second level with Barry Sanders. I mean, Barry Sanders had the vision. And that's the thing relating back to Spiller. Spiller doesn't – I really like the kids. So I don't want to bash him. I'm sure he's listening, so sorry, CJ. But, like, you know, just I, – I, I, I just want it to come together for him, man. I want to root for him. And I don't believe in the adage that when you hit 30, it's all over. You look at these MMA guys, and I know an eight football and eight football hit, so you could correct me if you think I'm an absolute botard. But, like, I feel like a lot of these – I feel – the older you get, the more intelligence you have. And in that said, sometimes these players are treated like horses, and I think they're giving up too early. I mean, you could probably argue that Reggie Bush might have had a sustainable career still in New Orleans if he would have just taken less and just stayed there, right? Or do you think Reggie Bush was done? Because I thought he did some decent things in Detroit. 
Well, the thing with, with Reggie is that uh, the, the the biggest problem Reggie had uh, was finding, I think, finding his identity as a running back in the NFL because he found out very quickly he wasn't at USC. You know, he couldn't run. You know, he couldn't run east west, and you know, That's you know, you know burn and do spin. Yeah, he couldn't. You couldn't do. Uh, you can't do a spin move. You know, you put it this way: you're in great shape, and you run a four 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 forty. He goes, well, you know what? There's a fucking uh, 240 pound defensive end that that blocks the sun that also runs a four four forty. You know what I mean? Like those dudes aren't really uh, like. I, I think Reggie was a bit surprised by how the speed of the game works in the NFL, and that was what his his initial problem was. That's why he was uh, he had more of the uh, the, the role of like a, a guy like uh, you know, like a receiver. You know, he was all often uh, running running like little little short routes and you know doing stuff like that he was uh you know returning punts and shit like that and you know he was kind of trying to do the uh, you know the cleanup work for scrolls at the time who you know Darren Scrolls on the other hand was that he was just as fast but he was like a spark plug man and he was a very very hard nosed north south runner and I don't think because of the the far passing team he didn't get a lot of credit for running like that. But I mean right. the guy was the guy was built like a stove, man. Like I said, it was like trying to tackle, trying to tackle Darren Sproles, but trying to tackle a stove. That's you what know, they real see. fucking difficult, man. But and, and he's got wheels. He gets out of the way, and I mean, I mean that was Ladainley and Tomlinson's replacement, and, and that's got to show you the kind of faith they had in in in, in that guy. Um, but so overall, to kind of ramp this up. Can I ask you a question? Do you think do you think if Rob Ryan was given better players to succeed and he had the leadership behind him? I mean, Jonathan Vilma, he was a leader, but he was hurt that that season in 2013. Yeah, and yeah, so was. I mean, we really can't mention that. But Harper was a big deal. Um, so I, I look at it like, what, what, what are the Bills? He's not a defensive coordinator with the Bills. I have no choice but to believe right. in this team at the same because I really want these guys to be set up with what the tools that they say they need first and then judge them. I don't want to just snap the judgment. Oh, that ain't gonna work. That ain't gonna work. You need a franchise court. I'm so sick of hearing you people. Shut up. Shut up. There's different right, ways right. to skin the cat. Oh, it's a passing league. Okay, Seattle should have had two Super Bowls in a row if they ran the damn ball. Okay, the Broncos won right, the Super Bowl. Who knows? Who knows how? Why the hell that that was even? Why the hell that even happened? We were pretty much leave, we were pretty much walking out the bar at that point because we were like, ah, they're going to hand the ball to Lynch up the middle and going to punch it in, game over. But I digress. Uh, you know, trust me, I'm not uh, I'm not giving you guys the hand of doom with the Ryan brothers here. I'm just what I'm saying is that uh, you know it gets to a point where you. Uh, um, with with the with Rob Ryan is that you know who knows you know if, if he has the you know guys that can run his scheme then obviously yes he's going to be very successful in Buffalo or anywhere that he that he is but you know you have to look at his track record you know he's had a lot of problems in a lot of different places and it's you know whether that be personnel changes it just maybe seems like he uh, he might not be willing to make as many adjustments as to his scheme. And then, you know, of course he, you know, he was talking about having his hands tied in a lot of situations. And I'm sure that, you know, some, uh, 
you know, some repercussions, you know, as far as on-field play. But, you know, it, the fact of the matter is he just has to, uh, you know, he has to make the adjustments. You have to, you know, you have to mold your defense around your talent, and you can't do it the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not We know work. that firsthand with Rex. I mean, granted, I, I think, you know what the worst part about the whole Mario Williams fiasco is? He fleeced him for 19 mil, and and I swear, man, if that guy's on the right page, he's a freaking nature, and he's gonna do fine in Miami. And and it and it sucks. We have all these influences, but you know, with these players, and you know, they proved that they did it. I, I just hope that. And as a Bills fan, I am thrilled on Rex Ryan. I am not used to getting. Thank you, Terry and Kim Pagulu, the owners of the team, for really putting their money where their mouth is, and and their wall has been wide open. They are not cheap, and now. You know, our man, general manager could be, you know, smoke, whatever. Doug Wheatley says, hey, agents are actually talking about Buffalo now, and this is a destination. And and that's what I'm looking yeah. for is I want these guys. You know, there's this guy I got to credit. His name is Tom Achille. And he's a guy, without him, this podcast wouldn't exist because I'd be on the phone with him all the time, and then I'd be on the phone with my friend Deacon all the time. We'd just be talking bills. And it's like. We would all yeah. three of us would predict things that would happen or, or be like, you know what, I think this is going to happen. And none of them, no, no other no other people would pick up on it. And we're not those people who be like, oh, we called this. No, but it, at the same time, it's it, it's exciting to have a coaching staff that talks shit. It's like, you ever watch like a UFC press conference? I love it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. And that's what we're getting with the Ryan brothers. They don't give a fuck. They're going to put their money where their mouth is, or they're going to own it. What coach owns it that he sucks? That said, Rob Ryan didn't, but there's two sides to a story. Maybe he should have put his foot down. Is Mickey Loomis, as far as I'm looking at it, maybe not you. I think you are, though. Maybe he didn't get on the right players. That said, you have a job to coach the talent at hand. If you have a guy that can play center field and Jarris Bird, why don't you use him more like your brother used Jim Leonard? He's cerebrally smart. His father played in the NFL. You have a guy like Spiller, give him some dink and dunk. Give him the ball in space. That's how Chan Gailey used him. And I'm not saying they're not. But, again, if they're not healthy, right. it doesn't help. No, I mean, you can't. No matter how how fucking good somebody is, uh, you know, if they're not on the field, you know, you're not, uh, you know, might as well not even have them on the fucking roster. You know, it's like, um but you know, like I said, the, the whole Rob Ryan thing is you you give him you give him what he wants, you know, and then like you said, it's put up or shut up at that point. Like if, if basically you give that guy no reason to uh, you know no no way to pass the buck because that's what we were we were talking about with him. We're like, man, this dude this dude passed the buck like you know nobody's business or whatever. Um, at least he had been, you know, in these press conferences talking about, like I said, the Saints' uh, productivity. But you know, hey, man, uh, you know he's on he's on the defensive. You know, no point intended. He's on the defensive because he got fired. So obviously, there's going to be a point where he's going to go, "Oh, you know, man, that wasn't really my my deal." And you know, of course, there's going to be some defensiveness when somebody gets terminated. But at the same time, you know, he, he just he just has to be. Uh, honest with himself and just realize that, hey, man, um, I didn't have all the answers, but, uh, you know, it, 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 the whole uh, the whole crux of it is, you know, if you guys were, uh, you know, uh, your uh, straw office over there, if they give him what he wants, if he says, I need this, 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 and this to make a, 
you know, championship defense. They give it to them, and it still doesn't happen. Then, then you know the answer, and that's that's kind of all you can do at this point. Because you know, who do you believe? You believe him, or you know? It just seems that you know we. That's where the gray area. We, we lies. got into a situation that it. Yeah, th- there's a lot of gray area there, and uh, you know, we just got into a situation where um, you know, hey, uh, it wasn't working out, and that's why. Uh, he ended up getting 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 let go. I mean, it's unfortunate when you let go a, uh, you know, you have to let a let a coach go midway through the season. But you know, that's that's the way it is. I but, will say I'm, I'm know, the guy it, who calls does, I'm the guy who calls bullshit. I, I love that he said something. At the same time, I don't think you got to go that deep. And in, in, in the world that the NFL lives in, I mean, you're, you're looking at lawyers and, and CEOs, even when I was started, lawyers owning these teams and. You know, upper white collar, yeah. keep your mouth shut, very conservative. And at the same time, I think, I don't even think he scratches this. The reason we do this podcast is we're having real talk right now. I don't think anybody scratches the surface. I Like like what, what Rob Ryan and Rex Ryan say, I don't think really scratches the surface in the terms of real life. I, I think, yeah, they're more right. outspoken than the rest, but they just don't care. And this is what you're going to get. But um, that said, yeah. what, like... Lastly, on that, um, well, are you excited for your future? Put it this way, though. I'm, well, you know, put it, you know, we we'll, we'll touch on that real quick. Is like what what I said a while back was, you know, the, the fact that already um, the defense already feels more comfortable and they're already gelling more with uh, what Dennis Allen's doing. They're like the camaraderie is a hundred percent better than what it was. I mean, that's that's a bold thing. It's an in-house there. hire too. Yeah. Um. So. Okay, well, Matt, where can where can we reach you? I'll shoot you a text. Um, you'll just stay in a line, and we'll just do a little audio thing. But we'll just stop this. But um, where do you want to be found? Obviously, you play guitar and crowbar. Should have reset that a few times. Forgot. You're flowing so great, man. I don't want to stop you. Um, where do you want to be found? Are you <laughs> well, on man, Twitter, or Facebook? Like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, Matt Brunson. Um, I'm on Twitter uh, at Matt Brunson. I'm on Instagram. Uh, Crowbar Matt is the uh, is the Instagram handle. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, uh, I have a uh, an official page on Facebook. It's uh, Matt Brunson official. That's like my uh, the artist page, I guess you want to call it. If you want to call me an artist, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's where you can find me. And um, you know, other than that, man, like I said, I'm always down for. Uh, football talk and all kinds of other general silliness. Yeah, I really, I, I mean, it means a lot to us. We've been listening to you guys for a long time, and to me, there's, Ooh, nothing, there's nothing heavier than Crowbar. And please tell everybody we say what's up, and, um, you know, we'll, will, we'll, spread, we'll try to spread this like wildfire. But thanks, Matt. Stay in the line. Ooh, but man. that's it, guys. Next week, we'll probably get into Cardale Jones, and Cardale Jones just signed a contract. Um, pretty rad. Yeah. Um, you know the Bills got all their uh, rookie guys on on contract now, which is definitely a plus. Jack Lawson um, a couple days ago or yesterday. Yep, we got the whole draft class now. So so expect to do podcast also, soon, right? Yeah, we'll be back. Um, in the meantime, you know, check us out numbillsfan.com. Um, Dave is numbillsfan on Twitter. I'm numbillsadamd. That's where you can find us. Um, and Matt, what are you on Twitter? You are at Matt. You are at Matt Brunson on Twitter, right? M a t t b r u n s o n. Yes, yes. And yes. look for epic like 
seriously, you have some epic, epic shred pictures. I'm not going to lie. I'm not really impressed with pics too much. But I was like, man, dude, this guy is a savage. Because, you, dude, you look like a, like, like a Viking, man. You're, like, serious up there. I'm no joke, dude. Well, all right. Well, that's it, guys. Find us, numbillsfan.com. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Let her know. Smell you later, bitches. What? Come on, PC.